Father, we enter into your presence today, dear Father, because you're more than worthy, dear Lord. So we stand in one accord today, Father, united under the spirit of you, of the spirit of unity, in the presence of your power, in the presence of your authority, Father. We come before you this hour, dear Lord, laying it all out for you, standing our ground, dear Lord, being still and trusting that you are God. So God, come now. Move by your power. Move by your spirit of truth today, Father. Eliminate doubt. Eliminate fear, dear Lord. Let us walk boldly but humbly before the throne of grace, trusting and believing that you'll meet us at our crossroad. That you'll speak into our hearts, into our minds, into our spirits today, Father. That you'll eliminate all the things that are not like you. Replace them with things that are heavenly, empowered, and fulfilled in your love today, Father. So come forth, dear Lord. Bless these thy people, dear Father. Take them to a new understanding of who you are and whose we are in your presence today, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Let them understand that victory is ours. That there's no debt that we have to pay because the price has already been paid to set us free. Yes, Lord. There are no shackles on our minds, no shackles on our hands or our feet, dear Lord. That we can run boldly. Hallelujah. To you and from you to touch someone else's life today, Father. So anoint us now, dear God. Hallelujah, God. Give us an ear to hear and a heart to love and hands to clap and feet to stomp, dear Lord. Hallelujah, God. For you, we honor you this morning, dear Lord, with our worship, with our singing, with our teaching and our preaching, dear Lord, with our laying on of hands and our speaking other tongues today, Father. We worship you. And all that we have to give to you today, Father. Hallelujah, God. So come, 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 come now, God. Release your presence. Thank you, God, for giving us a little taste of heaven here on earth, dear Lord. We will worship you, the God that was, the God that is, and the God that is to come. Thank you, Lord. Father, for me, dear Lord, place me upon the potter's wheel. With thy hands, mold me into the shape me into the man of God you called me to be. Spin me around. Pour out your anointing oil. Let it run from my curls of my head to the soles of my feet, dear Lord. Hallelujah. Speak the breath of life into me, Father, so when I speak, dear Lord, I speak only the clarity and precision, the power that you render unto me to share with thy people. Hallelujah, God. As I decrease, the Father, you become great and mighty. As I become small, you stand before these, your people, the Lord, and speak into their hearts and their minds today, Father. Let them grab hold of it, dear Father, and let them run as they herald will run, dear Lord, and give revelation to those who need a touch of you. In Jesus' name we pray, we all say, amen, 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 amen. The children can now go into kids' church, amen. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Amen, amen. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Yes, 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 yes. So excited to be here with you today. Uh, ha ha. God is doing some wonderful things and he's filling up this place with his presence. And we need to be felt by him today. Amen. Oh, man. I need you to come back shortly because we ain't going to be here long. All right. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> 
But we got a word from the Lord today, amen, and we are streaming live. And so we want to welcome you who are watching us all over the world today in several different countries throughout this United States of America. Uh, this is the Empowered Living Church. I'm Pastor Barrett Berry, the founder, co-founder of this church, and ecstatic to be here with you. Thank you for joining us here today. We're going to have a, in a series called The Power of Leadership. We believe that we should live empowered lives, amen? Amen. And so we're going forth today with that word. And, We've been in this series, we'll be in this series to the end of the year because we're believing that leadership is the resolve that solves all problems. Amen. We serve a great mighty leader. His name is Jesus, the high priest. Amen. The living Christ who still lives today and his Holy Spirit is here and is connecting with us so that we may to share within that. I'm so excited. I want to honor my wife today. She did a wonderful job of praise and worship. She continues to bless this ministry in more ways than we can count. Amen. 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 Just a wonderful woman of God and I'm blessed to, and highly favored <laughs> to have her as my queen. Amen. Amen. So, ah, as we get ready for this season, I heard it took like five hours, five hours to get into the mall over in Concord. It was five hours. And people waited five hours. So I'm, I'm impressed with your patience <laughs> and, your pers and, your, and your commitment to go spend some money. Amen. I'm to, not, to, not to honor the, the kingdom, but you at least have some persistence and some patience to wait five hours. They said people were calling 911 because they were stuck in traffic for five hours. Going to the mall. Going to the mall. Going to the mall. What do you need? You can wait five hours. That's a half of a work day. Amen? That's your first four hours and your lunch that you hit traffic. But God is calling us to have that similar patience and persistence to chase after Him, to get to our blessings. To get to what he's promised to us. We have to have that tenacity and some. Huh? What I'm saying is, if that can be a measure of your tenacity to wait five hours to go into a mall, man, I, I, I'm wondering what you would do to get into the kingdom. Or will you equate the two, one another? Or is the gift more, more, more of, a, of, a, of, a, of a tease to you than the act or the thought that I can get into the kingdom or I can experience God's glory here on earth now if I just remove myself from the trappings of this world? You know what I'm saying? But see, we are here at the Parliament Church. We lead from the tip. We lead from the tip of the spear. We are on the forefront. So while we're talking about the power of leadership requires you to have patience and persistence it does it does so we're gonna okay we're gonna go to um i got the wrong sermon up here ain't that that's wonderful isn't it? amen give a good man for the wrong sermon amen amen <laughs> wait, wait 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 so turn with me please to philippians i know that much go with me please to philippians the fourth chapter amen Amen. Work what you have. Work what you have. Amen. Philippians 4, verse 11 through 13. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. When you have it, say, I think I got it. No, say, I have it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Making a boy laugh back there. Amen. 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 Philippians 4, verse 11 through 13. And I'll read it from the NIV version. Reading from the NIV version, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. It reads, 
I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. How many people can say that? How many people can say that? I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. I can do all things through Jesus. Who I can do all things with the Holy Spirit which gives me strength. So we're going to, there's a difference between wishing for something and being ready to receive it. There's a difference in that. No one is ready for a thing until he believes he can acquire it. No, you don't even believe that you can do it until you believe that you can acquire it. When you believe that you can acquire it, it becomes like simple. I can get that. Oh, I, I can get that car. I qualify. I get that car. When you believe you can do it, you go out and you acquire it once you believe you can do it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. Your state of mind must be that you believe, not simply hope or wish for. You have to know it to be. See, I'm confident that Jesus came, died, and rose again on the third day. Most of us here who are believers are confident in that fact. And by being confident in that, then you know that when you pray, you're praying to a living Christ. You know it. And when you know it, you can act as though, you know, when I pray, I expect response. Now, if you're not living like that, you need to change how you view your relationship with Jesus. You, when you pray, you should expect response. Because you know it. Open mind is essential for belief. You have to have an open mind because some things just don't make sense. You know? We're dealing with the miraculous. We don't serve a logical God. Not in man's understanding. It's illogical what God does. What type of God will forgive you for your trifleness and still give you an opportunity to get it right again? Are you not even deserving of another opportunity? What? I mean, he, he gave you life. He provides for you. He gives you sun to see and give you warm in the winter. And give you moon and nights. So you'll never have to walk in darkness. He did that for you because he loves you just that much. He taught you you can, you can exist with just what he provides. By showing you the animals who live in the middle of winter and still have a way to be fulfilled. So why can't we? I mean, I see deer running around all the time, and I wonder, what, uh, how in the world, what are they eating? I mean, but then I see the acorns come, and I, I see them fall to the ground, and I see them everywhere. And then I have a better understanding that even God will provide for those who he renders his own. He provides for them. And then they don't have to get thirsty because there's a big old body of water right there. So they're living a good life. And, then, and, then, and if they live in the city, they never get hunted. And they just stay around. That's the good life. Am I right? You are living the good life. 
we are living the good life because God is providing for us even though we don't even deserve it. He gives us air to breathe, water everywhere. There is no shortage of water in Charlotte. When they even say it's a shortage, it doesn't mean it's a shortage because I still see a lake. <laughs> you know, worst come to worst, I'll boil me some water. Right? Worst come to worst, we can all go down to the river. We are not in a place of thirst or lack thereof. God provides. But I'm reminded to put these things into context. Faith is the starting point of all accumulation of God's blessings. It all starts with faith. Joseph, we know the story of Joseph in Genesis, the book of Genesis from the 37th chapter to the 50th chapter, talks about Joseph. And he, Joseph was a brother sold him into slavery. They, and he, they sold him into slavery and they, he didn't understand all that was happening to him but while he was being enslaved and incarcerated. He was had these powers, these mystical but gifts that God had blessed him with called being able to interpret dreams. And so when he was sold into slavery and he was put into a prison, he was able to interpret dreams. And I wonder why he was there. I wonder if he would have given up, what he would have done if he would just gave up. But I think he understood he needed to be persistent. Maybe he thought that he needed to have some patience. But maybe he thought that his gift would make room for him. How many of you have a gift? How many of you have a gift from God? If you have a gift from God, you, your gift will make room for you if you remain patient and persistent. See, Joseph was there. He interpreted some dreams of the guards who held him. And then when the Pharaoh needed to hear from somebody, they went and got Joseph. Joseph, who was placed in Potiphar's house and who was living with a, a high a rich, wealthy man in the Pharaoh's kingdom highlighted. His gift made room for him. What I love about the story is that patience was needed to allow God to accomplish his purpose in Joseph's life. It was patience needed to allow God to accomplish his purposes in the life of Joseph and his family. We'll talk more about that shortly. Persistence. Let's talk about persistence first. First. I know that I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. We need to understand you have the ability to uh, objectify. You have the ability to accomplish your definite purpose in life. You have that ability. Therefore, this is me talking. Therefore, I demand of myself. I demand of myself. We must demand of ourselves persistence, continuous action towards its attainment. And I hear and now promise to render such action. You need to wake up and say, I hear and now render such action that I will walk towards what I have set out to be as my purpose every day. Every day you need to rise up saying, I'm going to get there. I got five things, five, 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 <laughs> five minus one. I have five lessons I'm going to give you today. We're talking about leadership, leadership today talking about the empowered vision today. Leadership. These five points I want to give you. I should have said that earlier. These five points. I'm so excited to give it to you that we're going to get there. When it really starts with having a vision of what God has for you towards your purpose. Amen? How's your vision? How do you see yourself? 
How do you see your future? Well, I'm telling you, to, to attain what God has for you, you need to walk within the promises that he has. Walk towards that every day. Visualize it. Walk towards it every day. Let me say something about this church. It took me 10 years before we planted the church. God gave me a vision, but I didn't know how. He gave me a vision, but I didn't know how. Didn't even know where. We visited 12 to 15 cities. Didn't even know where we were going to plant the church. We could have made it easy. I could have went back to L.A. Where I used to have 1,500 people on a Sunday night on a regular basis and had a party and called it church. I could have did that. That was too easy. He didn't give me that one. Could have stayed in the city I was in where I ran for mayor. Where everybody knew my name. I could have started a church right there in the city. Easy. Easy. Nah. My family's been there for <coughs> my family's been there for generations. And my grandmother is an icon in the city. I could have easily started a church and said the spirit of Mother Austin's gonna be in the place. <laughs> Would have been easy. Mm-mm. But God blessed me with a different vision. He said to strike out and go after it. So I don't know about you, but we're going after it. Determined. We, we're, we're on a mission. We're visualizing the mission. We're seeing it. And let me tell you, it's coming to fruition. We needed another place to worship. And we're moving. Ha! We're moving February 2nd. Into our new place. Because God is blessing us. He has a mission for us. He's, he's like, if you walk toward it, so we've been walking toward it every day. A step at a time. We're persistent in fulfilling what God promised to us. Amen? Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. There are people out there, even in this neighborhood, they hate on our signs. But there's people out there who don't want to see it succeed, but I believe they're part of the family of believers. Some people don't even know what they're doing when they're doing it against you. You know what I'm saying? Even though they call you, they say they're part of the family of believers. And I, I think back over all the transitions of when we started this idea of planting a church and all of the faces of those who were the family of believers who said good things and bad things and great things and awful things and it things and I love them all. Man, I love them all. I think about the, the painting on the walls and the, and the, and the, and the, and the curtains and the, and the window treatments and the, all these other wonderful things. I love it. I love it. I, I, I got to un had to come to understand and appreciate that people come into your life in a certain time when you're rocketing up to get out. You need more energy to get up. Sometimes we need more energy and support from people who aren't going to be with you for a season. But you need to continue to walk towards what God had promised to you. Because he didn't promise it to them. He promised it to you. So you have to be persistent. You can't give up. Somebody may give up, but I like the rocket. When the rocket goes up, they have all these big engines, and at some point, when they get out the atmosphere, they start to fall off. Because they're only there for a season to get you started. So you have to understand that it's not them, it's you. You don't give up. Amen? You don't give up. 
Be persistent. But have a purpose as well. Purpose will give you, when you're persistent, you have to have a purpose because persistence without a purpose is like lost. God has a purpose. <laughs> Matthew 6, 34. We had this over our door, 633. Matthew 633 is over our door. So every time we leave our, our home, uh, we get to see this sign. But it says here, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That's the King James Version. I'm supposed to read for NIV, but anyway. <laughs> Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about who? Itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. Each day has enough trouble of his own, but seek thee first the kingdom and all. They're talking about shelter, clothing, food, water, life. You seek God's kingdom first. Seek God's purpose in your life first. You focus on the real thing first. God is the only real thing. Everything else will fade away. Everything else will fade away. But God, when it's all said and done, God is still here. Your friends, let me tell you. How many must have been through friends, but my, my best friends are the ones that I've known since junior high and high school. Maybe a little bit of college, but definitely junior high and high school. The kids from the block, the kids from my neighborhood. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how, because see, people are coming to your life and people leave your life. But if you look back over who's in your life still to this day, for me, I, you know, I'm an only child. My mom, I'm my mom's only child, so it's just me. So I'm always going to be with me. But some of you have siblings. And they may be with you forever for the good and the bad. But I'll tell you something about friends. Friends will be with you when your family will look at you crazy. I know, is that your true experience? Let me tell you. Some of my friends can speak into my life that my family can never speak into my life. Because we chose each other to be friends. And I, and I love that. But see, they didn't, they, so when I'm, I'm going awry, when we're going awry and we're not on track, it's your friend. You need, I can tell who doesn't have a best friend. I can look at you and say, oh, they, ain't, they don't have a best friend. Because how you dress, somebody should have told you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have it together, somebody said, look, uh-uh, this ain't working. Your relationship before you dating, like, mm, your friend should have told you it wasn't going to work. I could tell by how you live in your life <laughs> if you have a best friend or not. Because a friend will come up and tell you. Well, well other people would just smile at you and keep it going, right? But your good friend will help you get to your purpose. But I'm here to tell you, there's a friend, <laughs> no matter that's been with you forever and ever. Before you were even conceived, they loved you. He loved you. He'll never leave you. He'll be with you forever. This is a friend that can speak into your life in hard times and good times. His name is Jesus. And we have to understand that he says, do not give up. We have to be persistent. We have to maintain our purpose. And Jesus will always tell you how to get back on your purpose. Seek his Holy Spirit and hear from it. It will correct you when others will, will smile at you or frown at you or doubt you or hate on you. This friend will always be there to lead in a, a mouth for you to hear from them. Amen? 
And, and, and I say that not, not in jest, but in reality is we have to trust the Holy Spirit. But you have to be able to be in a relationship and you have to believe that there is one. Amen? Because sometimes we live like there isn't one. We got to check ourselves. I got to check myself. Sometimes I got to slap my own self and say, remember the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Amen? Number two on Sherry, visualize. You got to visualize. I, real, I realize the dominating thoughts of my mind will eventually reproduce themselves in outward physical actions and gradually transform themselves into physical realities. Therefore, every day I'm going to spend 30 minutes, I'm going to encourage you to spend 30 minutes every day visualizing, creating a mind or a clear mental picture of that person you were set out to be. Spend 30 minutes every day visualizing it. Why do you do that? This is a business lesson as well. So if I was teaching at a college, this is what I would teach my students. To visualize for 30 minutes every day who you're going to be. Put it into perspective until it becomes your own. But why do you do that? Because the Bible says this in Philippians 4. Philippians 4 verse 4 through 7. Philippians 4 verse 4 through 7 reads as such. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Your mind. Your mind. Your mind's a powerful source. It's a powerful weapon. You can transform how you think of yourself by transforming how you think of yourself in your mind. Visualize yourself being successful. But remember this, in that 30 minutes, it says with prayer and petition. Are you visualizing and praying about who God has said for you to be? I don't know what it is. God will give you a purpose. He'll give you a purpose. He'll give you a destiny. He'll give you a ministry. He'll give you a business. He'll give you, he'll give it to you. But you also have to, see the problem most of us have is we don't act on what God shows us. He'll show you the answer, but it doesn't make sense in our world. And so we don't pursue it because we say, how can I achieve that? Well, you can't achieve it. But God can. <laughs> Through you, with you, achieve it. So sometimes we have to put ourselves in positions where we have to remind ourselves that we're God's chosen. And so a refresher is to spend the first part of your morning spending 30 minutes going over who you are, who you set out to be. God says you're going to be a pastor. Then you see yourself as such. Pray on that. Be persistent in your prayer. Think about it. God says you're going to own this business. Come on now. Spend 30 minutes you opening up the door to your business. God says you're going to have more clients than you can handle. You know, visualize you being struggling, you know, clients, talking to clients, going to the bank. Who has God called you to be? What are you visualizing for yourself? What's your purpose? And if you get your purpose, identify that purpose. 
and walk towards it. But visualize it. Pray on it. It says, but don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, petition, thanksgiving, present your request to God. I'm, I'm, oh, I got one. February 2nd, I got one. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's all I have. That's all I have. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. See, when you've done all, when you've done the prayer and your petition, your thanksgiving as you worship him for it in advance before it even happens. When you do all those things and then you give it over to God, you got to be still. And he says, know that I am God. And God will give you peace that transcends all your understanding. That's exciting. I want to live in perfect peace right here on earth. I want to, when chaos is going around, people waiting five hours to get into the mall, and then there's a two-mile uh, wait to get into the mall right around the corner here, that I want to be in a position where I'm not stressing over anything in life. Don't you want to be like that? Don't you, we believers, right? If we're believers, then we should be able to walk without, the un, without even having any discomfort in our own situation. But quite often, I spend time counseling people who say they're believers, but they're going through and they can't handle it. It's all right to come get some counseling, because we all need some counseling every now and again, right? Mm -hmm. To remind us who God is. For us to hear it, for somebody else to confirm it for us again. But at some point, you've got to let that go. And that's hard for some of us. But I have to tell you, that's when we have to work on increasing our faith and our mind has to change how we view ourselves. We have to think and be blessed at the same time. And so sometimes it's the repetition of doing every morning again to putting yourself in a position that you start to visualize that you are blessed. Amen? We got to break this bondage of slavery that we have here in the world by changing what we can change, which is the most powerful thing we have. A couple of things. His Holy Spirit and our minds. Amen? Self-confidence. <laughs> Auto-suggestion is a great principle. Any desire that you persistently hold in my mind, I eventually seek to express it through some sort of practical means of attaining that object that I have in my mind. <laughs> I make this commitment, this one in 2020. I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day demanding of myself to develop more self-confidence. 30 minutes visualizing my, 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 the greatness God has for me. I'm encouraging you to do the same. And 10 minutes increasing my self-confidence. Increasing my own self-confidence. I mean, if you put it in perspective, if God created the world, we believe that, right? Right? Uh, he had some chosen people, the Israelites, they fell off a little bit. He wasn't happy with us. So he sent his best thing he had, who was hanging out with him for, for eternity, his son. Sent him into the world so that, to save us from our own destruction. And by doing so, he came, he lived, he showed us the way. He went down, paid our debts by dying. He gets up and grabs the keys to Hades so he can open and close it. And then he gets up and he also has all power in his hand. And then because of him, we now share in the same promises that God gave to his initial people. Because we're believers now. 
And because we share in that, then we know that the promises of God, that he will be with us to the very end of age. We ask him anything we want to, and he'll give it to us in the name of Jesus. He made these promises to us that we can have life for eternity if we just believe. Come on, somebody. But then we don't walk like that. Amen? Our self-confidence is not like Jesus already won. What if we walked as though Jesus really won? What if we really walked like the Holy Spirit is really here with us? What if we really had that type of confidence within ourselves that we can succeed because he already paid the price? What if we really did that? And I'm, I'm guilty of not living like that every second of my life, every minute of my life. There are gaps in my own life where I act as though he didn't do it. Amen? We gotta change how we see ourselves we have to have self-confidence. Verse John 5, 14 and 15 says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Woo! In approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's confidence. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. This is our confidence. But it's also your self-confidence knowing that you can go to God and ask him anything according to his will. You know, people ask for some crazy stuff, right? I need that Lamborghini. I want that Lamborghini. That thing is, is whoo! That is not necessarily in the will of what God has for you. Lamborghinis are nice and they can be viewed as toys. But that's that overflow. That's not what God intended for you. That's that overflow per se. Amen. But there's other things that you got to find out what the will is of God. See, a lot of times we, we pray and we think God's going to do, but we're not actually praying in his will. But see, when you learn to pray in God's will, then you start seeing things happen. But to know what God's will is, you have to spend some time submitting prayers and petitions unto God. And to hear from God to know what his will is for your life. And you have to understand that means you get, have a purpose. So when you start praying within your purpose that God has for you, which is the will that God has for you, you start to see greater results. Amen? So when I was a chaplain at a hospital, and I had to learn this the hard way, but I would hear from God, I'd go and I'd pray for a family before I get there. And then when I get in the presence of them and God is there, I then hear from God and I, I can then adjust my prayer according to his will. Because everybody wants everybody to live more times than not. This is a very difficult thing to say to y'all, but I'm just keeping real. We all got to go through this at some point. But there's times when God says, I'm calling them home. And that's a difficult time, but you as ministers of the gospel have to be understanding the position that you're in is you need to know how to pray for people. You can't pray and give them hope and hopelessness. You got to pray within the prayer of the will of God. And what's wonderful is when God says, I still need them there. That's a wonderful prayer to have. That's an exciting prayer to give. That's a glorious, thankful moment when you can go and you can pray that for their healing when they know that God has already healed them. Amen? So when you pray under that prayer and the will of God, my goodness, and when they come out, it's like, whoa, it's a miracle. No, not a miracle. I just prayed within the will of God. That's what God said. 
And I use it as an example because there's no more intense moment than to be in a hospital room with somebody's family who wants them to make it. And you can pray and they make it. I was walking somewhere and a man came up to me and he was so thankful he wanted to buy me dinner. He said, you came in and you prayed for my family. I'm so thankful, man. You wonderful. I mean, he was just going on and on. And I don't even remember whose family it was. I don't even remember the man. But I know this. When I prayed, it wasn't me. I prayed in the will of God. This is what God said. And it made it victorious. His life is... Is life changing to the point that they are still celebrating that moment? So what I'm telling you is this. When you pray, pray in the will of God. And it's life changing. Because that's where miracles start to happen that you can't even understand. But when you understand your purpose, you know how to, uh, you know how to pray. To understand your purpose and you know how to pray in the will of God. If it's for your purpose, to fulfill your purpose, then it's easier to pray and, and expect manifestations when you're praying towards the will of what God has purpose for you in your life. That's why it's important to have a focus. Your mind needs to be in a place where you can, have, you can visualize what God has purpose for you and you can bring it into existence. Because now, not only do I know what I can walk towards, to, I know how to pray and expect results immediately. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's like one plus one is two, and two plus two is four. It's a method to the madness. But it all starts with faith. Amen? Let me. Oh, dang, I'm out of time. That's a D A N G, y'all. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Come on up, brother. Come on up. We're about out of time. But to finish this, maybe next week. The story of Joseph starts around in Palestine, Syria, and Israel, somewhere around 1600, 1700 BC. We started talking about Joseph, and he was who he was in his life. And this is one of those stories of in history that is both found in the Bible and the Quran. And historians now have found things that give trace evidence that Joseph really is real under man's understanding what's real. We believe that it's real because it's written in the Bible. Amen? We believe that God's word is is God's word which is the Bible. So we hear the story of Joseph. He was born of the second wife of his father Jacob. And Jacob is real and relevant because Jacob is, is synonymous with how we get to be who we are as well. And being born of the second wife and the 11th and 12th child of Joseph, I mean of Jacob, he had a unique relationship with his brothers because his brothers weren't actually his full-blooded brothers. Those were his half-brothers. We in our community think we call, we don't have half-brothers. Most of the time we call them brothers and sisters, but they did here too. But they were his half-brothers. And so they had a special relationship with Joseph. And so they found that he became the favorite of his son Jacob, of his father Jacob. And Jacob showed him he was one of his favorites because he gave him a robe and he made it out of purple and red dye. And that was those high calling colors. You can start playing something, just something melodic. And he gave him these colors, red and purple robe. And their jealousy increased because they're like, how is he the favorite? Those were his half-brothers. But how is he the favorite? And so what they did was 
They sold him into slavery and sent him over to Egypt. And while he was in Egypt, we started telling the story earlier. While he was in Egypt, being enslaved in prison, he had a gift. And I understand he was impatient and persistent with this gift. And he told the guards about, he heard the dreams and he gave them evidence of what the dreams meant. And they're like, what a wonderful gift, what a wonderful power this man has. And so, word got out to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh needed somebody to interpret his dreams. And so doing, Joseph was elevated into Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was a rich and wealthy person in the kingdom. And had a wonderful wife <laughs> to some, but not to him. And she liked her some Joseph. And so she went after Joseph in the wrong way. But Joseph, mm, he wasn't having it. He didn't go fall for it. So, Pharaoh needed some dreams interpreted. Joseph came in to interpret those dreams. In those dreams, it was said that there will be seven years of good, good living, great living, of lush living, and seven years of famine and lack. So Joseph told the Pharaoh, the king, how to prepare for the bad times and the good times. He made decisions about how to distribute the grain, and he even said historians have found that he even made a way for the Nile River to have different canals so that there can be water in other parts of the land. They found that. They found that. So it's real. It's very real. And by in so doing, he had favor now, and he was put in a high position, and he. But see now it's also part of the royalty. He was really high up in, in the kingdom. But see his brothers and family were going through some difficult times because of the famine. And they needed help. When they came to him, Jacob. Feels fake. When they came to him. Jacob and his brothers and his family, they came looking for help. Joseph, because of his interpretation of the dreams and his persistence, his patience, and understanding his purpose, he was in a position to bless his family. But that's his family. What was unique about that was Jacob will lead us to Moses so if it had not been for Joseph going through and remaining consistent in his pursuit he wouldn't have been able to bless his family well what just his family because it led to him blessing Moses which leads to Jesus which leads to David which leads to Solomon David and Jesus which leads to us now I share that to say to you that in what you're doing it's your life but your life it has more meaning than just your life see if nothing else we need to understand that our, we need to persist in our patience through our purpose to get to our present for our future it's not about you I know what you're going through and you think it's about you but it's about the people who come 
after you. You know, we can't just live for ourselves today. You know, I didn't plan a church knowing I'm going to be pastor forever. I planned a church for church to be around forever. Well after me. So everything that we do now is beyond me. I'm doing it for three, four generations after me that we don't even know who they are or what they're going to look like. Amen? And when you start putting those things in perspective like that, then you understand the mission is not about today. The mission is about tomorrow. And what we do today impacts tomorrow. And so it's important for me every day to visualize tomorrow to get me going today. Because <laughs> my today may not look what it, my tomorrow is, but if I get stuck on what today looks like, how can I get to tomorrow? I have to stand on the promises of God. Do not give up. Remain persistent. Be patient. Stay still and know that I am God. Amen? So, we preach with authority every Sunday. And confidence every Sunday. Amen? Every Tuesday, we're on time. We're excited about it. I'm excited about my God. And I want you to be excited about God too in your own life. And live for tomorrow, but understand you have to perceive and understand and visualize where you are today to get to your tomorrow. Sometimes all we have is the fact that we'll get to heaven one day. Sometimes all we have is the fact that we don't get to heaven one day. But there are other times when we realize, because pain makes you think crazy. You got more than heaven tomorrow. You can have heaven right here on earth today. God's Holy Spirit is right here and it's in this place right now. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to sit at his right hand. You can experience a glimpse of his glory, a taste of who he is a warmth of his warmth, of his glow today, his glory today, if you just release yourself and go boldly before the throne of grace trusting and believing that you God are God so Father now we bless those who've gathered here dear Lord let them understand that you still remain God and let us walk within a purpose that you have for us so we may pray within your will for us that we may receive the blessings that you have for us fix our minds dear Lord on you give us vision of our high calling within you Father show us the way and when we gather and understand the way let us have the courage and the audacity to continue every day to walk toward the attainment of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say, Amen.